God bless you and welcome to the Ambassador's Voice. I'm Pastor Michael Pedroso and on episodes one and two, we covered the topic, Learn Not the Way of the Heathen. On today's episode, we will have a discussion on Easter and the adoption of pagan practices surrounding this day of celebration. Join us as we continue our discussion on the way of the heathen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. How are you, Lady T? I'm blessed in Jesus. How about yourself? I am blessed as well. Amen. So we are here to go ahead and jump right into our next discussion of the way of the heathen, which we have a lot of very enlightening information for all of those that are listening to the podcast because it was very enlightening to us as well. Yes, it was. Indeed, it was. A lot of research behind Easter was very captivating for me and very enlightening and eye-opening. And I mean, it also lets us know from the different research that we did and the different things that we found out that the enemy is very and has been very slick and cunning and very deceptive over all of these years. I say years, but it's actually been centuries that he's been very deceptive of having us as believers celebrate and honor a God that we didn't even realize unknowingly if we celebrated Easter that we did not know. I would say decades of deception. Yeah. Decades. Centuries. Yeah, definitely. Definitely centuries because, I mean, this goes all the way back to, I think it was 556 AD was when this started or when, when it was actually starting as how and and once once we put out there how a lot of these things were brought together to be or brought into fruition, then we'll begin to see like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this all this time and I had no idea this was that. Yes, yes. It can be very I don't even know the words to describe how one would feel or should feel when they learn all of the different intricate parts that involve paganism, mm-hmm. idolatry, yes, and paying homage to an unknown God, but yet known to many, but to a lot of us, oblivious. Yeah, definitely. And unknown. Because these things are just not talked about. They're not taught. They're not even spoken of or even being spoken of. Mm -hmm. It's not being taught from a pulpit standpoint. It's not being taught in Bible studies. It's not being taught in general in the home by the parents. In which God tells the parents to train your children up in the way that they should go. Yeah. This is not happening in the households, whether it be around the globe or whether it be right here in America. Mm -hmm. These things are 
just not taking place. And you know it's something wrong with it because everyone's doing it. Everyone has put a stamp of approval on what we should be doing around this time during this particular day, which they refer to it as many now refer to it as resurrection day resurrection day yeah they no longer want to really use the word easter but it's the same thing yeah we all know what they're referencing to i don't think changing the word of what you're celebrating it even though you're still doing the same thing in celebrating it makes it any different or makes it any better because when you celebrated it when it was easter just because you call it Resurrection Day, but you still do the same things that you were doing when you called it Easter, there's really no difference other than the name change. I would just really like for the pastors of today. I can't I can't ask the pastors that have gone on, you know, to be with the Lord. Yeah. But to the pastors that are now preaching and ministering to the masses. I really would like to ask them. Why do they incorporate Easter egg hunts. Within the structure of the church body. Whether it be on the church grounds. You gather everyone and take them to a local park. Mm-hmm. And you indulge in the festivities of Resurrection Day. Easter, what does that have to do with the resurrection of Christ? The coloring of the eggs, the hiding of the eggs, the Easter baskets, whether you make them or you purchase them from a local store, Mm -hmm. the bunny and the falsehood behind bunnies laying eggs. Where does this stuff come from? Why are Christians embracing it? We all know that bunnies do not lay eggs. Yeah. So that within itself is some type of falsehood. Yeah. And we that. clearly can see that. We clearly can see and we know that that's, that's a form of falsehood. Yeah. It's a lie. Yeah. But yet we participate in that lie. Mm-hmm. We embrace that lie. We put our hands to enjoy in the festivities surrounding that lie. All for the sake of it's just the Easter bunny. As innocent as it may seem or appear, when we tell you what that bunny represents and how that bunny came into play with Easter. It'll make a big difference. It will make a very big it, difference. It, it, well, I would say it this way. It, it should, should make a big difference. Make a big difference. And Amen. The, I agree. In the life of a Christian. Um, because I know that you're probably wondering what we're talking about and where are we going with what the, the, some of the things that we've been saying so far. We're going to start in Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. And then we'll go from there. And once we go from there, from that point, 
we'll get into other scriptures and explaining where we're coming from and what we're talking about. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, King James Version. Now about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and he delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. Intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, you notice that in that verse or in the verses that you just read, King Herod was after he realized how it just pleased the people of the Jews. He decided that, you know what, I might hold on to Peter because and wait until after Easter to bring him back in front of the people to kill him. To see what kind of reaction I may get out of him. Or see what kind of a rise I may get out of the people. Because they were after Peter. They were after Paul. And they were all after all of the disciples. To bring them to death. Because they were spreading the gospel. Why did he want to wait till after Easter? Let's get into it. Let's find out why. I want to read something. It was... uh insertion that was in my dake i have a dake king james version bible and there's a i don't want to call it a novel but there's a commentary in here and it says this here it says this is an unfortunate and absurd translation as easter was a pagan festival observed long before christ it is not a Christian name, but is derived from Ishtar, one of the Babylonian titles of an idol goddess, the queen of heaven. The Saxon goddess Esther, or Easter, however you choose to pronounce it, is the same as the Astarte, or Astarte. The Syrian Venus, called Ashereth, in the Old Testament. And if you know anything from the first two episodes we had, we had concerning Asherah, that's the same. That's the same goddess. Asherah is the same goddess as what he's talking about here that they mentioned in the Old Testament. It says it was the worship of this woman by Israel that was such an abomination to God. It says round cakes imprinted with the sign of the cross were made at this festival. The sign being in the Babylonian mysteries, a sign of life. Easter eggs, which play a great part in this day's celebration, were common in all heathen nations. The fable of the egg declares that an egg of wondrous size fell from heaven into the river Euphrates. 
The fish rolled it to the bank where doves settled upon it and it hatched it. And out came Astarte or Ishtar, the goddess of Easter. Easter, Christmas, Lady Day, Lent, and other Babylonian festivals were all borrowed from this religion and were all observed centuries before Christ. None of them have any relationship to Christ or Christianity. Wow. You just said a mouthful. If that was not eye-opening for the Christian, to the believer, to those that may be listening out there that have not surrendered their life to the Lord, and they are looking and searching for the one and true living God, his name is Jesus. You're out there listening to this. God considered these things to be abominable, an abomination in his eyes. So now you understand why Herod intended to bring Peter forth after Easter. Herod was not a man of God. Herod despised the things of God. Herod served another God. And by way of him intending to bring harm or to kill Peter after Easter should speak volumes to you that this king wanted to preserve the sanctity of Easter, his God, his custom, and whom he paid homage at that time to, he wanted to make sure it was done after. Everybody paid homage and done their offerings and after they did all of their rituals, rituals and sacrifices or whatever they may have done. He wanted to make sure that all of that was done first before he killed Peter. But God had another plan. Yes, he did for Peter. For Peter. The saints prayed so that God released him himself from jail. They couldn't believe it. Not at all. Thank you, Jesus. Look at God. I want to go into this because I want to read this verse in the Bible or these verses in the Bible where God gave us commandments in Exodus chapter 20 and in him giving those commandments, the first one, two that he gave us was concerning other gods. So if you want to read Exodus chapter 20 verses one through five, and I want as you're hearing this to hear it. As God is speaking to you, to your heart, as you're listening to this, because if we have been partaking in Easter, if we've been partaking in the Christmas holidays, then God is speaking to us because we unknowingly have partaken in these holidays and did not realize that we have been giving honor to other gods and paying homage. 
Absolutely. And as we go through this, we talked about Christmas and we talked about what it represented. But now as we're talking about Easter, you'll begin to see the deception and how it was dis- and how it's disguised to look so innocent and so simple and so harmless. But once we read this information to you today, then we pray that God would touch your heart and move on your heart, that you would do right in the eyes of God. To no longer participate or partake in this day with all of those other paganistic elements involved. Yes. I know in the Bible, you really don't see any celebration surrounding the resurrection of Christ. Mm -hmm. One thing we have to remember is that there are days and and times and season that God allows for celebration for his people. That's why he tell us to come out from among her and touch not the unclean things Mm -hmm. that he may receive us unto himself. He know that these, these type of things we would get involved in, Mm -hmm. but these are the very things that could cause spots and blemishes in our garments. Definitely. Because of our participation, because of our embracing it, because we're paying homage and honoring an unknown God. But to many, she is a known God. But he also tells us in the word that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And the blind lead the blind and they all fall into the ditch. Yes. And there is a way that seemeth right unto man. Yes. And the ends thereof, it leads to destruction. The way to eternal life. Jesus said that the way is narrow. Mm-hmm. Narrow is the way straight is the gate. He said there would be few that would find the straight and narrow way. Few. Yes. We really, really need to do as the word tells us. He says to examine yourself, to see if you be in the faith, search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life for they testify of me. So if God is giving us warning through Jeremiah, which he tells us not to learn the way of the heathen. I know Brother Mike and I, we were watching the movie Jeremiah and we were actually seeing the persecution of Jeremiah because he was warning the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. He was warning them not to give themselves to paganism and worshiping other gods and setting up idols and all of these different things that they were engaging in and participating in and learning after the ways of the heathen, adopting their ways, adopting their customs and Mm -hmm. all of these other things that they were doing. And God was angry with them. And he sent warning through his prophet, Jeremiah, to Tell them to come out of those things. Mm -hmm. So God is not silent today. No, he's not. 
He's still warning his people to come out, come out from amongst them. God wants his people to be separated from these things. God doesn't want his people to be entangled with the yoke of bondage. Definitely. We know that Christ is the anointing and we know that he is the one that destroys every yoke. Mm -hmm. He destroys the yoke that's in our lives when we give ourselves to truth. When we open up ourselves to truth, when we seek after the truth, he tell us to seek for me, search for me, come after me and learn of me for I am meek and I am low. God wants us to know these things. So these things do not cause us to be in a place that may separate us from him. Mm hmm. He said, it is our iniquity that has separated us from him. And these things are iniquity. These are things that are actively in our lives because we're actively participating. And many of us unknowingly. But God is sending forth the message today to you, to me, to Brother Mike, that These are things we have to come out of. We've got to separate ourselves and we can no longer, once we come to the knowledge of the truth, give ourselves to these things. Yeah. Because that, because now there will be no longer an excuse for any of us as to why we still are yet continuing to participate. I understand that everybody wants to engage in something, be a part of something that's big, be a part of something that's special. But the resurrection of Christ have nothing to do with an Easter goddess. God is God all by himself and he is his own deity. Yeah. You don't need an Easter bunny to get people to, to serve him. Right. And he doesn't need paganistic customs in order for people to recognize his resurrection Mm -hmm. and to celebrate his resurrection. He don't need any of us to participate in these things. And once again, you must know and need to know where these deceptive lies are coming from. It's like a supplanter spirit. A supplanter spirit is a spirit of deception. And it's all over the globe. Definitely. Where does it come from? Do you ask yourself, where does it come from? How was it implemented? Why was it implemented? Why is Easter eggs and bunnies and baskets involved in the resurrection of Christ? Do you ever question it? Or do you just go with the flow? You go along with what everyone else is doing. Because to be in Christ is to go against the grain. It definitely. It definitely is. Because to be in him, you got to come out of those things that you used to do when you was in the world and you wasn't in the knowledge of the truth and you didn't know Christ. You didn't know about the plan of salvation. You didn't know about his standards. You didn't know and understand his word. But once 
your eyes was open and you surrendered your heart. You surrendered everything to him, even your life. Your life is not your own. He bought and paid for us with a price. Yes, and that was his life, his blood. So we are no longer our own. So if we're no longer our own and we belong to him, are we listening to the direct instructions and the commands that he's given according to his word that he wants us to follow? Exodus 20 verse 1 through 5 King James Version reads as and God spake all these words saying I am the Lord thy God which I brought thee out of the land of Egypt I of the house of out of the house of bondage thou shalt have no other gods before me thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Amen. I think that is self-explanatory within itself. God is basically just telling us that we should not worship. We should not serve. We should not bow down to any other God. And keep in mind, no graven image or the likeness of anything that is in heaven or under the earth or in the earth, beneath the earth or under the water. Keep in mind that we've been celebrating these holidays unknowingly that we've been worshiping other gods. So I'm going to what I'm going to do is give you the names of this Easter goddess and then tell you where it came from, how what it represents as we're talking about it to give you an understanding of where we're coming from. Some of the names that come with the word Easter or the goddess Astarte. As I say it, I may be saying it wrong, but it's A-S-T-A-R-T-E. This is a goddess that they celebrated in Eastern Mediterranean area and also can be found in the Phoenician, Hebrew, Egyptian, and Estrukan languages. The word Astarte It's also the second name would be Aphrodite which is a goddess of sexual love. This is what they call their, the name in Greek, Aphrodite. They also call this name in Greek, Artemis, which was a warrior goddess. Now, all of these names that I'm reading are all the same goddess. It's just the different languages that the different cultures spoke in. They called this goddess within these names of their language. The next one is Ashtaroth, which is the plural form of her name in Hebrew. 
that's our time for this week's episode. If you have any questions, you can email us at ambassadorsvoice549 at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at ambassadorsvoice or on Twitter at ambassadorsvoi, the number one. So until next time, God bless you and be blessed in Jesus name.